there are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi. It's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. made it here. Wolf didn't get a single one of you. I plan to talk about the wolves the right amount. Welcome to the very last stop of the Love It or Leave It Errors Tour. It is great to be here in the People's Republic of Boulder. We saved the best for last. Because it's our last show, good jokes only. No jokes like, Boulder, I hardly know her. From this point forward. We have a great show for you. The very funny David Bory is here. And we'll see how much he knows about one of history's greatest rivalries. <laughs> Prairie dogs. Reverse Celestial Seasonings. Good, good. Glad that's still on your minds. <laughs> Congresswoman Yadira Caraveo is here. Boulder, often recognized as one of America's happiest cities. In Portland, we tried to find the weirdest Portlander. Here, we're gonna try to find the happiest person. So get thinking. We're gonna try to find the five happiest people in this room. It's, a, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Right now you're wondering, am I one of the happiest people in this room? Think about it. If you have to ask, you're probably not. And that's a sad thing about being happy. <laughs> I have solicited some rants from the audience because I don't have very much to complain about. Other than how much Brian complains about how cold it is. It is cold. It is cold, but not yet, <laughs> she said menacingly. <laughs> Governor Jared Polis was supposed to be here, but he's not. Wolf got him. Text him, text him. Did you see him at the parade? Did you see him at the parade? Wait, jokes aside, did you see him outside of this theater tonight? Yes? What the fuck?
quickly moving down my rankings of gay public servants. <laughs> Hope you enjoy being at the low end of the top 10 with Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> love Pete, love Pete, just kidding, just kidding, love to razz him, love to razz him. All right, let's get into it. What a week. Well, it finally happened. Congressman, bitch, lover, child, mother, not to mention the breakout indigenous lead of Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, George Santos has finally been expelled from Congress. Don't cry because it's over, laugh because it happened. Ahead of the Friday vote, Santos decided to go wide with it, it being transphobia. Hey boys and girls, trust the science. Two genders. George, let me say something to you in terms I believe you'll understand. I was rooting for you, we were all rooting for you, how dare you? Before the vote, Santos held a press conference where he refused to resign. Because if I leave, they win. If I leave, the bullies take place. This is bullying. Of course, whether he resigned or was expelled, either way they'd win. But George Santos knows all about that kind of conundrum as the author of Catch-22. <laughs> then Ohio Republic, by the way, there's a special kind of joke, and it's a joke that you can do over and over again, that everyone can do, and it works, and it's rare, and when you have it, you should cherish it, and that's that kind of joke. I'll miss it. Ohio Republican Max Miller leveled his own allegations. He claims the Santos campaign charged his credit card and his mother's credit card $5,000 without their knowledge. I myself have been a victim of George Santos and as well as other members of Congress in terms of defrauding through public donations. I had received an ethics complaint from the FEC, which I had to spend tens of thousands to defend myself. You, sir, are a crook. I know I should direct my comments to the chair. I yield back. In fairness to Max Miller, his mother is a real milk. Mom, I'd like to grift. <laughs> so Max Miller is a member of Congress. He has to work every day with a member of Congress that romped from him. I'm now going to share a pitch that we received at 5.11 p.m. from Zuri, our video producer. Isn't this sort of like Ronald McDonald working with the Hamburglar? It's good. It's good. Zuri, everybody. In response to Miller's testimony on the floor, Santos took to the floor and said, my colleague wants to come up here, call me a crook. Same colleague who's accused of being a woman beater. Are we, are we really going to ignore the facts that we all have passed? Yeah. <laughs> there are real allegations against Max Miller from Stephanie Grisham, who was Trump's press secretary. Uh, a reminder that uh, maybe other Republicans in the House also suck ass. <laughs> Something we hadn't something maybe we hadn't considered. 
In the end, George Santos became the sixth ever congressperson to be expelled from the body, but he'll still be the first and only congressperson to be expelled right into our hearts. The vote to kick out Santos, who still faces a 23-count federal indictment, was bipartisan. 105 Republicans joined 206 Democrats. He did it. George Santos brought the parties together. He was the unifying force this country needs, and he was punished for it. We can't agree on abortion. We can't agree on health care. But this week, the nation agreed that one extremely weird guy had to go. And I think that's beautiful. Only two Democrats voted against expulsion, but to be fair, George Santos was holding their babies hostage. <laughs> On his way out of Congress, Santos told the press, why would I want to stay here? To hell with this place. We're already in hell, baby, the Capitol building said back. <laughs> Before giving him a slap on his little rump. What does that mean? What a beautiful last sentence. Why would I want to stay here? to hell with this place. Great exit line. It works just as nicely when you're getting kicked out of the Cheesecake Factory for putting your dog on the table so she can have like one little nibble of the crunchy noodles they put on the Chinese chicken salad. I've heard. Santos didn't coin this line, however, and I know that because it's what producer Brian says every day as he leaves the office. I have a feeling we haven't heard the last of George Santos, but tonight we salute a legend at the close of this chapter in his remarkable and so far perfect life. If you bought a ticket to this show using a credit card, we have stolen that credit card number. And we will be using it to buy weeds, silk scarves, and designer lip gloss. Sandra Day O'Connor, the first female Supreme Court justice, died Friday at age 93. Flawlessly done, 10 out of 10, an absolute masterclass in dying as a not currently sitting justice. <laughs> Rand Paul reportedly used the Heimlich maneuver on fellow Republican Senator Joni Ernst during a GOP lunch on Thursday, saving her from choking. Yeah. Whoa, maybe I am a doctor, said Rand Paul. <laughs> gazing at his own hands in wonderment. In true libertarian fashion, afterward, Rand Paul said, give me $30,000 or I'm putting the turkey back in your windpipe. I owe you nothing. Said Ernst in a social media post, can't help but choke on the woke policies Dems are forcing down our throats. Thanks, Dr. Rand Paul. It was a pretty sick burn. Once she mastered solid food, it's over for Democrats. What the fuck? What a swerve. Doctor saves you from choking on a sandwich. You're like, I know what this is an opportunity to do. Speaking of gag bitches, Trump. <laughs> Trump was also uh, in the news this week. As you might recall, back in October, <laughs> chill out, there's a member of Congress on the show. As you might recall, in October, Judge Arthur Ngoren, the presiding judge in the civil fraud trial, issued a narrow gag order against Trump after he repeatedly attacked the judge's law clerk, telling Trump not to harass a woman with a vaguely Jewish name who doesn't like him. Would you tell Vermeer not to paint? <laughs> Trump's attorneys fought the order, 
and a New York appellate court suspended it during that appeal. This led to more harassment of Ngor and his family and his clerk by Trump, which resulted in a nonstop barrage of threats, including hundreds of messages and calls and voicemails, including a fair amount of anti-Semitism, all of which the judge documented and shared with the appellate court. Most recently, a right-wing troll claimed to have discovered a series of anti-Trump posts by Ngoran's wife, whose name is Dawn. They were classic resistance fair, you know, like Trump's not going to the White House, he's going to the big house. In other words, the jokes were worthy of punishment and harassment, <laughs> but not like this. Trump went on a tirade. Judge Ngoran's Trump-hating wife, together with his very disturbed and angry law clerk, have taken over control of the New York State witch hunt trial aimed at me, my family, and the Republican Party. Only problem, there is no evidence tying this account to the judge's wife. Don had to issue this statement. Tell me if you think this is uh, Weasley or, or emphatic. The Twitter account does not belong to me. I do not have a Twitter account. I have never posted any anti-Trump messages. Can you, by the way, the, the note had a typo in it, like it was frantically written, because it was like, what the fuck is this asshole saying? I don't, I tweeted, I didn't tweet, I didn't do it. <laughs> I have to come clean about something. I've been operating the Twitter fan account of a New York trial judge's unknown wife. It was a way to escape and unwind a realm of exquisite fantasy, and I never thought anyone would see it. Anyway, from now on, you could find all my fake judge's wife posts on threads. Also, just as a reminder, this judge has already found Trump guilty. This judge is going to personally decide just how much money Trump owes because of his crimes. And Trump's strategy, it's, yeah, it rules, I suppose. And Trump's strategy is to terrorize every person in this man's life in the run-up to issuing that decision. Art of the deal. And so on Thursday, the appeals court ruled in the judge's favor, lifting the suspension of the gag order. Judge Ngoran then reminded all parties involved that the gag orders against Trump and his attorneys were fucking back, and he would have forced them rigorously and vigorously. <laughs> Save it for Grinder, buddy. <laughs> Currently, the gag order is limited to court staff, but after Trump's post maligning the judge's wife, the judge could consider widening it to include the families of court staff as well unless it's his kink. In another headline ripped from the Maniac Gazette, Lauren Boebert posted a photo, Colorado's own, yeah, that's right. She posted a photo with Dave Chappelle and fellow MAGA nut Anna Paulina Luna at the Capitol with the caption, just three people who understand that there are only two genders. I like when Jim Gaffigan talks about how hot popcorn is out of the microwave. You know, that's comedy to me. So hot. That's funny. I can relate to that. First of all, I just want to pause and thank whoever went to Target and got the Santa who uses a wheelchair. That's what this is. Remember, that, remember when, some, I think Fox News went crazy because Target had a black Santa who uses a wheelchair? And it was like, that's not anti-Christmas, that's just anti-wheelchair, you know? Thank you, sir. There you are. All right? Oh, you got me? It's cool. Thank you. I love it. 
Meanwhile, over in the Senate, Democrats and the Judiciary Committee voted to subpoena billionaire megadona Harlan Crow and conservative legal activist Leonard Leo as part of their investigation into Supreme Court ethics. That's not gonna do anything. <laughs> Prior to the vote, Republicans pitched a fit during an unrelated debate over several judicial nominees. You're gonna have a lot of consequences coming if you go down this road. Senator Durbin's not gonna allow women to speak either. I thought that was sacrosanct in your party. I, telling on yourself a little, buddy. Presumably allowing women to speak is something everybody thinks is cool. <laughs> Guess not. How dare you Democrats not let these dumb bitches talk. Uterus is wandering all over the damn place. Boy, you really look like assholes. Of course, I guess the consequences are just dealing with Republicans forever. And if you look at Dick Durbin's face, he's already experiencing them. The man's 35 years old. <laughs> Republicans staged a walkout before the subpoena vote in order to deny the committee quorum, but Democrats plowed ahead anyway. Leonard Leo subsequently put out a statement that he would not comply. Senate Judiciary Committee Democrats have been destroying the Supreme Court. Now they are destroying the Senate. Leonard Leo is such a sore winner. <laughs> you won the court. If it's destroyed, you destroyed it. You have a 6-3 majority. Samuel Leto makes Sandra Day O'Connor look like Antifa. <laughs> Take the fucking win. It really bothers me. We're destroying the court? It's your fucking court. I read all these articles about how influential and important you are. Act like it. You should be proud of yourself. You reshaped the United States Supreme Court, inflicting untold damage on all of us. That's what you were trying to do. Should be happy. Why so pissed? Of course we're mad. We're the losers. We're the ones that should be angry and confused. <laughs> we're all angry? You won. Be happy. Only half of us should be mad at any one time. <laughs> Crow was slightly more circumspect calling the subpoena invalid and unenforceable, but saying he would be willing to work with the committee in good faith. Crow also hedged his bet with each member of the Senate Judiciary Committee receiving a diamond-encrusted iPad. <laughs> On Thursday, Governor Gavin Newsom debated Florida's tallest man, Ron DeSantis, <laughs> in an event Fox News called the Red vs. Blue State Debate, moderated by Sean Hannity. It felt strange to see the future president of the United States up there moderating a debate. In one moment, Newsom pointed out something the two men share. But there's one thing in closing that we have in common is neither of us will be the nominee for our party in 2024. It's good. It's cool to see Newsom in kill mode. Running over that little Chinese boy at a pickup basketball game really unleashed something in him. The governor, with ball in hand, accidentally ran into a student out there on the court, both fell to the ground and then quickly sat up. Gavin tasted blood and he wants more. In response to Newsom, pointing out that Florida's mental health system is among the worst in the nation, DeSantis held up this map. This is a map of San Francisco. There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. A couple points. <laughs> this man went to Harvard and Yale. 
He should know how to tangle with a coastal elite, but clearly you lose your edge when you only take career advice from a voice whispering at you from a sewer drain. Because I don't care what debate you're in, if you pull out a shit map, you're losing. Also, he had that in his pocket all night. That, think about... So there are meetings and they're saying, all right, let's get ready. This is what he's gonna say. This is what you're gonna say. And we have the plan, right? If he brings up something like this, what do you do? You go into your packet, shit map. Right side, right side. Remember, practice, right side, right side. And we're gonna have the ship, yeah, we're gonna print the ship color. So it's brown. Because if it's black and white, it will not play. I won't be president. I can't be president if the map is black and white. I'll only get to be president if I show Gavin Newsom in a stupid debate a picture of a brown map. Here's DeSantis forgetting all his facial expression training when Newsom confronts him about book bans. 1,406 books have been banned on your banning binge in the state of Florida. As it relates and the to smile parental rights, come on, gone. California, it's in our constitution, parental engagement. It's called the LCFF process. Look, 99% of becoming president is being tall, having good hair, and not smiling <laughs> like you just slammed your penis in a car door. <laughs> Also, it is wild how presidential anyone looks next to Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Newsom 2028, DeSantis sucks so bad that it's like, maybe, maybe California doesn't need high-speed rail. I like this guy. Anyway, here's another clip of DeSantis uh, not winning the debate. I'm the only guy here that's a border state governor. You're trolling folks and trying to find migrants to play political games to try to get some news and attention so you can out-Trump Trump. And by the way, How's that going for you, Ron? You're down 41 points in your own home state. Brutal. Did DeSantis think he was just gonna ski into the White House on his five foot long custom Lucchese's? This is America in 2023. If you can't land a burn, you can't be president. You can't even have rights. Cars don't stop for ambulances on the street anymore. People get angry at the airport when they let the wheelchairs board first. Land jokes or kill yourself, Ron. This is America at the very fucking end. We live in a burn-based society. The EPA has proposed strict new rules that would require most U.S. cities to replace any remaining lead water pipes within 10 years. The best time to replace your lead pipes is yesterday. The second best time is during the fourth Trump administration. <laughs> Said the EPA, in the meantime, you fatties like soda, right? Why not leave your sink alone and go have soda, delicious soda? The bipartisan infrastructure bill included $15 billion to find and replace lead pipe. This will be accomplished with the help of specially trained lens sniffing dogs, unless those dogs get too deep into Facebook conspiracy theories and have to be put down. <laughs> From all the lead. The dog thing isn't real. It's, the whole thing is made up. That's not how you find lead pipes. I don't know how you find them. It's actually a very big challenge. We don't know where the lead pipes are. We don't know where they are. No. 
We know where some of them are. We don't know where they all are. The EPA estimates that there's 9.2 million lead pipes in America, but we actually don't know where the lead pipes are that go from the mains to the houses. Two houses side by side, one could have lead pipes, one could have non-lead pipes. So we know where a lot of the lead pipes are, but we don't know where all the lead pipes are. But do you think you know where they all are? Because if you know where they all are, you should probably tell someone. Because the EPA doesn't know where they all are. So if you have a secret fucking map of where all the lead pipes are, you should tell somebody. Shouldn't be keeping that, that shouldn't be Boulder's best kept secret. Denver has a plan. Oh, good for Denver. I'm glad. <laughs> I, got, I, got a little, I got a little aggressive. <laughs> For the first time, utilities would have to replace lead pipes even if lead levels from those pipes aren't too high. In other words, we're no longer going to say there's any such thing as a safe lead pipe. That's good. Because I respect the founders, but it'll be nice to finally have less fucked up brains than them. <laughs> you think they wrote in that confusing way because they didn't have lead poisoning? <laughs> they were geniuses. Every sentence can mean whatever you want. <laughs> they didn't have some secret, old-timey recipe for commas. They were just making it up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'd like to edit the Constitution. <laughs> just a couple, just a quick line edit. Not even, not even content cuts. A couple content cuts. First they came for the gas stoves, Republicans will say. Now the government is gonna tell me the lead in my water is affecting my judgment. Now if you'll excuse me, my cyber truck is ready. <laughs> Listen, I don't know how things are going here in Boulder, but we've all noticed over the last several years that people are meaner on the roads. We've all noticed this, right? It's a shocking and disturbing event where everyone's, it's pandemonium out there. We should all be nicer but we're not letting the Cybertrucks in, right? We're just, let's just not let them in. <laughs> he said, having gotten rid of a Tesla seven seconds ago. <laughs> in more local news, wolves. Let's talk about it. I want to get your vibes. All right, here we go. Back in 2020, voters in Colorado narrowly approved a ballot measure by a vote of 51 to 49 percent to reintroduce gray wolves into the state. There were suspicions of voter fraud. Okay. There were suspicions of voter fraud, but Granny's registration was up to date. And although, my, what big ears she had, <laughs> nobody could prove anything. The measure set a deadline, December 31st, 2023, and Colorado is a lot like a lot of us that agree to do something difficult and probably good for us because the deadline feels very far away. Panicking as that deadline suddenly arrives. <laughs> Wolves? What were we fucking thinking? <laughs> as the state has developed a policy to implement the voters' decision, many Coloradans have expressed concerns. Chiefly, is the parking lot of the Whole Foods on Pearl Street really the best place to release them? <laughs> Officials have been clear. People have nothing to worry about unless the wolves develop a taste for human flesh, <laughs> which they almost certainly will. 
The state will also compensate ranchers if livestock are killed, and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service approved a rule that allows rangers to kill wolves to protect livestock and working dogs. And if the wolves get really out of control, the state can hit a panic button and release Siberian tigers <laughs> to cull the wolves. And there's also a plan in place to deal with the tigers, an evacuation of the mountain time zone. Another concern, the wolves may be protected in Colorado, but if they cross the border into Wyoming, they can be shot on sight. And here's where this gets most troubling. Most wolves don't know how to read maps. <laughs> Hunters in Wyoming have lured wolves already present in Colorado across the border with recorded calls like a pronghorn distress call in order to hunt them, which is so fucked up. It's like when someone tells me there's pizza at the office to get me to come in, but when I get there, there isn't pizza. There's just a meeting I postponed three weeks ago because I kept demanding new headshots every time I lost five pounds. <laughs> About the border issue, is there a wolf here? About the border, I heard a wolf. About the border issue, wildlife conservationist Matt Barnes told the Coloradoan, so far, all evidence indicates when wolves leave Colorado and set foot in Wyoming, they risk their lives. Of course, true of wolves, true of all of us. <laughs> Meanwhile, Colorado middle schoolers can vote on names for the new wolves. I was excited about this, but, and this is bullshit, they don't get to suggest their own names. Do you know about this? That they have to choose from 14 previously selected names? I think, yes. The pre-selected names are Aspen, Luna, Maverick, Kakoa, Chinook, Shadow, River, Star, Freedom, Amarok, Ghost, Sky, Spirit, and Raven. Those are fine names, but come on. Don't you think the kids come up with some crazy names? How fun would that be? Dorito. Wolfy Wolf. Wolf Livia Rodrigo. <laughs> Let the kids have at it. What are you afraid of? Let's talk about the wolves for a second. <laughs> so I, I, I saw the map. I know where we are. Pro-wolf? <laughs> Wolf agnostic? <laughs> hey baby, no wolves? <laughs> couple, couple, couple people. Oh, let's see how it goes. I think it's exciting. I think it's exciting. <laughs> if you didn't know anything and someone told you that the government was releasing wolves, you'd be like, wait, what? Did you think we didn't have enough problems? It's also crazy to have two states that share a, a straight line border and on one side, they're like, we need more wolves. On the other side, they're like, we're gonna kill every fucking wolf we see. <laughs> you like there's a middle ground. <laughs> They're releasing them in Bobert's district. <laughs> they were released at the parade. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> Here they are. The government's wolves. <laughs> hey, what's your favorite part about living in Colorado? Good thing elk can't vote though, huh? Because <laughs> you tell you, if you don't like it, wait till you hear how the elk feel. <laughs> We're for it, said people in Denver who go for a walk outside one hour a day. <laughs> ah, it's probably a good thing. It seems good. The wolves don't hurt people. Whatever. See what happens. How bad could it get? <laughs>
A Connecticut woman filed a lawsuit against Chopped, the salad place, this week. Why? Here's why. She was consuming a salad on April 7th when, and this is a quote, she realized she was chewing on a portion of a human finger. Yeah, that's right. Even worse, charged for double protein. The manager, to whom the severed finger allegedly belonged, had been chopping arugula earlier in the day when she accidentally cut off part of her finger and went, obviously, to the hospital. According to a report by the Westchester County Health Department, after the manager went to the hospital, the staff that remained did not realize the arugula was contaminated with human blood and a fingertip. The health department held a hearing and Chopped apologized and paid a fine. The lawsuit alleges severe and serious personal injuries, including shock, panic, traumatic stress, anxiety, nausea, and vomiting. You get that money, bitch. If a restaurant serves you a finger, you own the restaurant. That's the rule. That is so gross. That is so gross. And by the way, would that be the first thing you thought it was? It's gonna, that dawning moment, the, the slow dawning realization. Stop, fair enough. <laughs> Wolves are like, should we go to Chopped? <laughs> and finally, according to a new study, penguins take thousands of naps over the course of each day, with each napping lasting just seconds long. They're calling it blinking. <laughs> All right, when we come back, it's tea time. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. Hey, pet parents. Are you searching for the perfect place for your dog to play? Check out Camp Bow Wow. Our safe and supervised doggy daycare and boarding ensures your pup gets the socialization they crave while giving you peace of mind. With our certified staff and clean and spacious facilities, your dog will have a blast making friends and staying active. Join the Camp Bow Wow pack today. Your first day is free. Visit us at CampBowWow.com. Franchise opportunities available. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. And we're back! Please welcome to the stage. I know him as the funniest man in Boulder, Colorado, in addition to being the only man I know in Boulder, Colorado... Please welcome the hilarious David Bory. Hi, thanks for being here. 
Come on in. Hometown hero. Oh, I, I, I live in Denver. This is like the fifth time I've been to Boulder in my... Shout out to Pearl Street. I like that guy you got in that box. <laughs> they got a guy who stuffs himself into a box. He, what? He stuffs himself into a box? Yeah, he crams right in there. Okay, and like magic? No, I think it's just like a stretching regiment. <laughs> I think he's just a very healthy man. Maybe physically, physically. yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's running from something. Uh, I don't think that that's how you make your money if you're not. It's hard to run from inside that little box. Uh, what's your favorite part about living in Colorado? Oh, man. Uh, I just love the general disposition of Coloradans. I think they're really good, genuine, nice people. Yeah, I get that. Great friends, but also they'll like beat the shit out of you. It's a good mix. <laughs> really? Okay. Also well, green chili. Green chili. What's the worst part? What's the worst part about living in Colorado? <laughs> I, don't, I don't talk about the wolves. Uh, Is it wolves a really sensitive subject? I think that people feel a lot of ways about it. It's, yeah. I think it's complicated more than maybe yeah. you would think. It's because no, I... it's wolf-based, you know? That's <laughs> tugs at the heartstrings. <laughs> uh, worst part about living in Colorado is oftentimes the Denver Broncos. But we're coming back. We could get it. I think we could get it. So that's, it's been in a roller coaster of a season. Yeah, that's what it's felt like for me too. I, <laughs> I could feel that coming from you. Oh, the ups, the downs, the, yes. the flat bits. <laughs> the upside down parts. Yeah. What a ride. Uh, love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the throws, the catches. What do you think about prairie dogs? Oh, big, big fan. I'm a, traditionally have been pro-varmint my whole life, so. Uh, Are they just gophers with better PR? I don't know if there's any difference between them and gophers. I don't think that they can tell. The, pla the bubonic plague? Which one? Wait, prairie dogs currently? I'm sorry, what? Prairie dogs currently? In this year? Carry the bubonic fucking plague? But isn't it not a big deal because of antibiotics? I'm still, I'm still for him. I love an underdog. I'm still... I think that it's cool that they go vintage with their diseases. You, I'm, I am fucking floored by this. That, that does suck. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that either. That's a bummer. Are they like giving it to horses and people and stuff? It's in the holes? I was never going to go in one of those holes though. The horses, the horses fall in the prairie dog holes and it hurts their feet. 
Yeah, because you know when you break a, leg, a horse's leg, it's it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yeah, it's right. Wrap. Very, famously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have to say, this changes and the whole what? tenor I'm of the still... segment. <laughs> I didn't know they were so. When you put all the stats together. You know what I mean? It's like when you have a bad friend, but you don't realize until somebody's like, Yeah, right. <laughs> and he's on probation, and you're like, Fuck, okay. Well. It's time for a game. Okay. <laughs> Celestial Seasonings versus Prairie Dogs, Dawn of Justice. Oh, God. This is the new Hunger Games movie? Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. I am rocked by that. Like, like, oh, they look like little gophers. Plague, kill horses. Okay, never mind, fuck them. Yeah. What a strange vibe Boulder brings to this show. Because like, what do you think wolves are gonna do to a horse? Cards? A friendly conversation? I'd watch that fight. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch that on YouTube. In recent years, there's been controversy over a planned apartment complex on property owned by Celestial Seasonings. They own an apartment complex? They're, 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 they, they were building one on some of their land, right? I, don't, I, don't, I don't love that. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone wants the cheap. Everybody wants affordable housing until it's time to build an apartment complex, and all of a sudden they got no, issues. No, I just don't want to. it's gonna be lazy for employees, then you're working. Oh no, it's not like it's not like it's not like um company housing like oh, for the for I tea makers. That's it's, what I was. It's not like out. the company it, store. It was like, and then they have their own money. It's script <laughs> no, it's that they a, call no, it. It's not a mine. It's not a West Virginia mine That's at the turn of the century. No, okay, good, this good, is cooler. Good They're flag. just making They're apartments. They're just making apartments. They're oh, just making okay. apartments. That's fine. Yeah, you, you don't have to produce tea to be involved. Okay. But a good flag. Okay, because I got low tea. Oh. That's okay. That was for that lady. Oh, my. <laughs> my tea is average. One concern has been the way the land would be turned into apartment buildings because it had been previously used as a habitat for prairie dogs. Right. The reason this is at issue is because more than 20 years ago, Celestial Seasonings agreed to provide open space for the prairie dogs. Why? Is it A, because the company is run by a furry? B, <laughs> the company was run by a prairie dog? Or C, there was a boycott? I mean, I think A is a given, but... <laughs> yeah. You don't make that sexy, sexy bear your mascot without... He is sexy. He's hot it's as sexy. hell. It's sexy that he's sleepy. He's aloof. <laughs> Did you not? You didn't? I agree with you. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. It's a hot bear. Oh, that, that bear is... That bear exists as a place to be safe and held. 100%. Also, full sleeping gown? Take me to bed. Come on. That's a hot bear. That's hotter nice. Than, hotter than the tea he sells. I say what? Uh, I mean, I guess the answer is C, I assume. Yeah, it was a boycott. Yeah, that makes the most sense. The boycott ramped up after Celestial Seasonings admitted to killing prairie dogs using what Victorian manner? I mean, I would love it to be like guillotine or something cool. Fuzzy oh. crime! <laughs> <laughs> is it that they accuse them all of being witches? Yeah. <laughs> 
no, I have to assume they probably drowned him out. I think they probably put water in the holes. That makes sense to me. Incorrect. Oh, no. It was poisoning. Oh. They poisoned him. This is a real quote a from <laughs> the vice president of marketing and general manager of beverages at Celestial Seasons at the time, which was 1999. We definitely poisoned the prairie dogs. <laughs> <laughs> which is a fucking crazy way to say it. What, what was the lead up question to that? <laughs> it was as part of a procedure to manage the population. <laughs> The spokesperson added, we are extremely regretful it happened. Clearly. <laughs> now, the local community, as well as the Rocky Mountain Animal Defense, called for a boycott of the company until the poisoning ended. At this point in the story, whose side are you on? I mean, I'm on the prairie dog side, of course. Okay. Okay. I don't love... <laughs> I hate big T. I'm... Yeah. Yeah, big T. Gotta stop it. I'm re- I've Gotta stop it. Fuck the Lipton family. Stop. Fuck the Earl Greys. Yeah, yeah. I assume that's I a familial. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't, I don't, yes, yes. I don't know much about the Oolong family. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, I'm not a big fan of the English breakfasts, that's yeah. for sure. Terrible family. <laughs> those, those breakfasts. <laughs> Cruel. <laughs> All right, but yeah, I'm still pro Prairie Dog, for sure. Right. By their own admission, why was Celestial Seasonings poisoning so many prairie dogs? There was too many? I don't... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <it> was... <laughs> <laughs> they were also building their burrows too close to the tea manufacturing plant and the company's headquarters. Now, here's a question. Would you drink tea that a prairie dog had been close to? <laughs> I've learned... I, a, I've I let one date my sister. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, I would drink that tea. Yeah, I, think that's, yeah, I don't sure. want to get the plague... Yeah, we don't want to get the plague. The hot water kills the plague. The hot water kills the plague? I mean, that is... That cannot be true. (laughs) Hey, listen. We have fun here at Love It or Leave It, but if you're listening to this, don't take medical advice from us, especially with the regard to the Black Death. Also, the answer to medical advice is rarely just hot water. It's just hot water, yeah. You broke your thumb, hot water. This has nothing to do with celestial seasonings. I just thought it was interesting. How long are female prairie dogs in heat and fertile per year? I mean, they fuck like crazy. I gotta say six months or so. One hour per year. What? Sounds like my ex wine. Nice. I couldn't help it. <laughs> no, it's really yeah, good. I had and I'm so it. glad you could it because it was really good. Thank you. I, just, this is a, I have a sickness. The CEO at the time said, the response we have received from the community, consumers and neighbors, has been both overwhelming and justified. The extent of this response, however, has paled in comparison to the disappointment expressed by whom? The, the prairie dogs? <laughs> no, the prairie dogs were fucking dead. It was, it was by the employees. The it was the employees. Oh. The employees, which well, is... Because they had to go to work and look out the window and see... Just a... Uh, just somebody gas <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
It's fucking Wednesday, Rick. Yeah. I gotta. Somebody, somebody inside Essential Seasonings making a list of all the ways that prairie dogs could be useful to the company to try to save as many as they can. It was shot in black and white. That's right. It's a prairie dog holocaust, and I'm talking about a prairie dog version of Schindler's List. Cut this from the show. I'm cutting. It. I thought that was so funny, though. We thought it was good. I think that's really hilarious that you did that. Big, big fan of that bit. I liked it. Fortunately, instead of being poisoned to accommodate the new buildings, as of last August, prairie dogs were being relocated to a refuge site where there was once a manufacturing complex that made what kind of weapons? Oh. I'll give you a hint. What's the worst kind? Guns. No, worse. Bombs? Wor- yes. Agent what? Orange? What? Worse. Worse than Agent Orange? Yeah. Nuclear bombs? Yes. Nukes? <laughs> Nukes. Nukes. This story has all the elements I would never yeah. think it has. That's right. <laughs> the prairie dogs are being relocated to the former site of a nuclear weapons complex. What could go wrong? They, those prairie dogs probably won't mutate and return to seek their grisly vengeance, right? Oh, God. That's why I want them to know I'm on their side. I'm a friend. We're a friend to the prairie dog. Yeah, we'll fight with you, you freaks. <laughs> now let's, let's take a look at that sleepy time bear one more time. Come on. Come look on. At that guy. Look at that guy. Pass the fuck out. He's got a good little basement apartment. He's got the windows going. I assume that's a money tree. He's got a cat, which seems odd for a bear. <laughs> What's interesting about it is you think it's a pet, but that's an assumption you're making. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a tea and a snack. Oh, no! <laughs> Never thought about that before. This is a picture of a bear about to eat a cat. But here's the thing. He also has some type of biscuits and jam. Is the cat like, is that like a post-cat snack, you think? Yeah. I, I don't know. It, I also don't know if you could put cat on biscuit. I don't know the words. <laughs> yes, weird. someone says yeah. confidently. What a weird group you are. You're a strange relationship to animals. Do you trust this bear still after all we've learned? <sighs> I mean, I don't think that he was the one pulling the trigger. You know what I mean? No, that's a really good point. He's like, just a front man. Yeah, he's a patsy, he's, a proxy, a This rude. is the Marlboro man. He doesn't make the cigarettes. He just looks hot on a horse. <laughs> and I think that's a great place to leave it. All right. David will be back for the rants. Check out David's podcast, All Fantasy Everything. And my mama told me, and soon you can catch him in Netflix, Exploding Kittens, and Apple TV's The Instigators. We come back, Congresswoman Caraveo. And we're back. Please welcome to the stage the hardest working woman in snow business, which is what I call politics in Colorado. It's your Congresswoman, Representative Yudira Carabeo. Hi. How are you? So nice to meet you. Thanks for being here. Please welcome. Welcome to the West. Love it here. Wolves, prairie dogs, black plague. The Rocky Mountain Arsenal is in my district, actually. Oh, really? Yes. 
They decommissioned it. Yes. Right? They don't do, there's no. Well, there's stuff buried. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, and the good news about that is prairie dogs don't dig or anything. But yeah, it's really good news for the black-footed ferrets because that's what they eat. <laughs> hey, hey. I'm starting to realize that as a collective, your issue is with nature itself. You're a pediatrician by trade. As a doctor, any thoughts on Trump's recent comments about killing the Affordable Care Act? Uh, you know, before I thought that I was going to do something crazy like go into Congress, um, and I was in residency in New Mexico, one of the first things that I did when I joined a union um, was talk about the ACA and how incredibly important it was for safety net hospitals like the one that I was practicing in. So, I mean, if we want to go back to figuring out what your health insurance is when you're 18 or um, having to deal with pre-existing conditions or caps on um, your uh, care, then uh, uh, sure, but I didn't think this was a debate anymore. Yeah. Now, there are uh, two Republicans uh, vying to uh, uh, be your opponent. Both are anti-abortion zealots. Scott James wants to make fetuses legal persons under Colorado law, and Gabe Evans supports banning abortions with no exceptions for rape or incest. How popular do you think those positions are in Colorado's 8th District? I think Boulder is a good judge of that, although there's probably more Democrats in this room than there are in parts of my district. Um, but uh, clearly, given that the woman who ran against me last time supported the exact same issues, um, not very popular. Now, you're in one of the most closely divided seats in Congress. Colorado, yes, but I mean in all of the country. You won your race by about 1,500 votes last time. Your seat is going to be one that Republicans are going to try to fight for. What's it going to take to keep the seat? Uh, money, for one. Uh, so if you are interested in donating, go to my website. Um, what is the website? Caraveo for uh, congress.com, C-A-R-A-V-E-O uh, for Congress. And um, uh, yeah, money, but really a lot of mobilization. So what we really concentrated on last time was it was a brand new district. A lot of people didn't know they lived in it. Um, largest Latino population in the state at 39%. Um, <laughs> Lowest turnout, however, in the state um, and youngest district in the state. So it's really about going out and having those one-on-one -on -one conversations, having people knock doors, um, having the resources to do that and being able to go on TV and say, do you really think that a, another man who um, wants to take away your right over your own body should be representing Colorado in Congress? We already have one notorious Republican in, in Congress. And speaking of which, that is another competitive race in Colorado is the Lauren Boebert seat. Are you too close? You know, I do like to freak my uh, staff out by telling them I talked to Lauren today. Um, but no, we're, sadly we're not. Um, did uh, you give your credit card information to George Santos? It's okay, there's nothing, I think it's important that people not, you know, like people shouldn't, that's nothing to be ashamed of if it happened. It's you his know, fault, not your fault. our information gets hacked in uh, Congress so often that like, Luckily, we're set up with alerts, so I think I would have known if he had stolen my credit card information. Okay, good. All right, that's good to know. Dr. Caraveo, as someone with extremely reasonable views on deeply personal matters like abortion, birth control, and health care at large, you've had to dangle with Republicans who want to wag their fingers and say, uh-uh-uh, it's not without us getting in your doctor's office, you know, and your, you know, your stuff. That's what the little kids in clinic yeah. called it, too.
Which is why it's time for a game about extreme Republicans in Congress, in the House, that we're calling Rocky Mountain High Aye Aye. And I just, I want people at home to know that the, 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 <laughs> the graphic was made before I changed the name, which is why it says Republicans to the extreme and as Marjorie Taylor Greene on a skateboard. Which one of your potential Republican opponents is on the record as being against exceptions to rape and incest when it comes to abortion rights? Both, I think. Yes, that's correct. Another of your potential opponents called the 2021 Reproductive Health Equity Act, which was an attempt to enshrine abortion access into the state constitution as horrible. Which one of these freaks said that? Who I think that was Gabe Evans. It was Scott James. <sighs> so close. So close. <laughs> because it doesn't matter. Uh, which, one of your, which one of your opponents tried to introduce a sanctity of life resolution to the Weld County Commission in an effort to block abortion access by establishing fetuses as people under the Colorado Constitution. That was Scott James. That was Scott James. One of your opponents commented in September that overturning Roe v. Wade was only the beginning of restricting abortion access in America, saying, you know, so the pro-life movement has been working for the last 50 years to try to have this issue overturned and returned to the states. We've seen a lot of success there, and I don't really see any reason to reverse course on the success that the pro-life movement is having. Which anti-abortion extremist said that? Gosh, it could be either one of them. I'm going to go with Scott James again. That one was Gabe Evans. I think there's no way to tell the difference. There is no way to tell the difference. <laughs> Except one of them is younger. Yuck. <laughs> Beloved gay icon, George Santos. <laughs> went on record saying he would vote for a national abortion ban and was in favor of denying abortions to survivors of sexual assault unless they had proven police documentation. He doubled down on those compliments, comparing abortion to what historic crime? I don't even want to guess, honestly. It was slavery. It was slavery. Marjorie Taylor Greene once called fellow Congresswoman Nancy Mace, herself a Republican, what? For believing in exceptions, just for believing in exceptions for rape and incest. A Democrat. She called her trash. trash. <laughs> just for believing, potentially believing in exceptions. In late November, Donald Trump wrote on True Social that he was seriously looking at alternatives to replace what? The ICA. That's right. And finally, in another post that concluded with Obamacare sucks, Trump insisted that his aim was not simply to terminate Obamacare, but to replace it with a much better health care. What is the alternative Republican health care proposal? Well, I think they've been debating that since the ACA came out. That's exactly so. right. They don't have one. Even South Dakota Republican Mike Rounds admitted that we most certainly can do a better job, but it requires us to start proposing what the change would be. Unbelievable. Uh, for people listening at home, what is the best thing people in Colorado can do, and what is the best thing people listening at home can do? Uh, you know, the, the road to making sure that we take back the House runs directly through Colorado, not just the third. It would be nice to get rid of Lauren, right? Um, but we know that we can win the eighth. Um, and so people have to get out and knock on doors. They've got to make phone calls. They've got to make donations. Last time, the entire race cost about $20 million. Um, we're expecting it to be million way dollars? more than that. $20 million uh, for this seat. And they've already spent six figures in ads against me um, in the district. And so, um, sadly, it's money. And uh, you can go to votesaveamerica.com uh, uh, to get involved. Uh, one last question, which is, you have an amazing story. You became a doctor, which was not an easy thing to do. You've, you've become a congressperson. Can you just talk a little bit about 
what it took to get there and why, like, look, obviously people will want to get behind you. You're a pro-abortion rights, pro-healthcare, pro-democracy congressperson. But I do think the experiences of the people who represent us matter. So you can just give people just a little bit about like what it took for you to get to Congress and why that experience is important. Uh, well, you know, first it took my parents. They came here in the 70s from Mexico because they knew that they were going to be able to provide their kids uh, with a better life. Focused on education um, since um, I was little. Um, and so I decided when I was three that it was time to go to Head Start um, and that I was going to be a doctor. Um, decided... <laughs> yes decided um, to go into pediatrics um, and then got incredibly frustrated with the fact that I couldn't fix the things that I thought that I was going to fix when I went into medicine. Um, whether I was talking about homelessness with kids and just giving them a letter of with shelters names on there or arguing with um, healthcare companies because I thought that I knew better after seven years of um, you know training to, in pediatrics uh, to decide what a child's treatment um, should be. Um, but they thought their, their checklist uh, was better. Um, and so I decided to um, after actually a very long um, and uh, heated argument with a health insurance company where I slammed the phone down and people had been asking me to run for office for a little bit um, to, that I was going to do it. It takes about seven times of asking a, a woman to run for office and that's about how many times it took for me. You want to learn more, go to, what was the website? Caraveoforcongress.com. And you can also, and we'll be keeping up with this campaign at Vote Save America as well. Thank you so much for being here, Congressman Caraveo. Thank you. Thank you. Very thank nice you very you. much. Really nice to meet you. When we come back, happiness. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter. Where every day feels like Saturday, and french fries are a food group. Where flip-flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling, and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide, and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Sofas, recliners, love seats, everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay, leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. And we're back. Boulder, Colorado has been recognized as the happiest place in America by National Geographic, The Today Show, and CBS News. All right. When we visited Portland earlier this year, we searched our audience for the weirdest person in Portland. Is weirdness the best path to happiness? Not in Boulder. I've seen like three kind of guys here so far, and one was just the other guy, but with longer hair. 
Which is why I wanted to ask you, this cheerful audience, to volunteer yourself to tell me why you think you might be the happiest person in Boulder. All right? And I don't want any humbleness. All right? You got to own it. If you're ready to offer up your bliss to the podcast gods, then please raise your hand and producer Brian will find you in the crowd and we will rank the five happiest people here to see who is the happiest person in the country's happiest city, therefore, the happiest person in America. And we are going to rank. All right. A couple of people went, these couple of hands up over here. Such beaming smiles from these happy fucking freaks. <laughs> Hi, oh, what's your name and why are you the happiest person Hi, in Boulder? Hi, my name's Shelly. Um, I've been throwing spaghetti at the wall for a long time and I finally found the medication that makes me like mentally stable. Um, <laughs> um, and my boyfriend here is uh, not a citizen in America and uh, so um, we're going to use a fiancé visa so I can get out of this godforsaken country and be a UK citizen. <laughs> No, doesn't go up. That doesn't make you... No, you can't be happy because you're leaving Boulder. No dice. This... No dice. Very glad you found happiness, though. And, and, a good, and a good med. What's your name? My name's Abby. And why are you the happiest person in Boulder? For a lot of reasons. Um, the first one is that my mom is with me tonight, who has been... Uh, teaching me how to phone bank since I was 15 or 16. I'm with my... <laughs> for Planned Parenthood, I uh, am with my aunt who didn't realize how great the show was going to be. Here's, no, here's a, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But here's what I think is going on right now. I think people are repurposing their high notes. No. And I'm not I, a very happy person. So, so. Then, yeah, then, then, then let's save it. Okay, so I also am a restaurant manager in Denver, and I didn't have to be at my restaurant on uh, the parade route for uh, the Parade of Lights tonight. Nice. And it was one of the busiest nights that we're going to have, and I got to be here with you. So. That's great. All right, but here's the thing. I don't want to know why you're happy tonight. I, don't, I will care why you're happy tonight at the end of the show. I want to know why you're a happy person in, in your bones, that you're a happy soul. <laughs> this, guy's, this guy believes. You understand the assignment? I, I, got, I think I got this. All right. I think I got this. Uh, my name's Chris. I'm originally from Flint, Michigan. Talk to the microphone. Lead pipes. Lead pipes. Talk oh, to the mic. Lead pipes. I'm originally from Flint, Michigan. Lead pipes. I was, yeah, for I, sure. That one hit. Um, I, I'm the happy person in the room because of my wife, Jen. I mean, that's, that's it. That's it. That's all I got. I, it's because of my wife, Jen. I've, I found her. She's my best friend. Uh, she's my best friend, and uh, I, um, I, I, I couldn't have found a better person that's in my great. life than my, than my wife. This... <laughs> it's not a competition. It is a competition. It is, it is in fact, a competition. Oh my God, that's a happy person. I gotta tell you, this is tough for a person who doesn't go up there. What? I am so happy. I've lived here for two years. I just moved here. I've got three of my boys. They're all wanting to move here. And today, I get rid of a really bad roommate. She's an old hippie from Boulder. Oh my God, she drove me crazy. I, I have my house back. I love my life. I'm the happiest person in the world. Pretty good. I think that's good. I like this ranking. Ah, I want to swap three and four right now. 
because I think that Jen is a lasting happiness. This is wild. Actually, you're, you're, you're kind of being weird. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, this, this person seems happy. All right, so uh, after nine years of trying, I escaped Florida, and, <laughs> and I got my true uh, representation of what living in queer joy looks like. Oh, I like that. You gotta put queer joy up there, too. This person seems happy. I'm Stephanie. We moved here three years ago, and all I have to say is legal weed. Legal weed. Legal weed. Let's see. Anybody want to beat that? Now, can someone think they're happier than these people? That guy's shaking his hand and being pointed at. And he's got a good base tan. He seems happy. It's really, that's really working with the white. You've been skiing, you've been skiing in, the, in the day. I was on the jury that made weed legal. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, yeah. And I'm here with my two daughters, Jacqueline and Emily. That's what makes me happy. I think parade room's coming off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's coming off. There's, you just can't be that happy if the thing that makes you happy is not being by a parade. Like, that makes me happy, and I'm not a happy person. I've, I've been trying to get my baseline up, but it takes a lot of work. <laughs> mm. Hi there, I'm Hi. Abby. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy because I don't drive very much. I live here in Boulder. We ride bikes everywhere. My kids get to bike to school. I bike to work. I'm gonna bike home after this show tonight. It's amazing. I, kids biking. Kids biking to school is so great. And there are those districts every once in a while where they do the kind of all the kids bike together for that one day with the teachers. And it's like, okay, every day. All day, every day. Do kids bike to school in Boulder? Yes. That is great. And Denver? <laughs> can, I, can I tell you, actually, I'd like to, like to uh, biking and not driving. I get the Seattle-Portland thing. I understand how to think about St. Paul and Minneapolis. I actually don't understand how to think about Denver-Boulder. Is it, now let me ask you this, because here's where instinctively, is Denver the Seattle to Boulder's Portland? Be honest. Is it, no, because it's, we're so peculiar, but is it, is it still good though? San Francisco to Palo Alto? Which is which? I don't think people like it. More diversity in Denver. Yes. Mm, okay, okay. I'm sorry I raised it. Uh, let's do one more person. That person, that person's oh happy. Oh Brian, that, per that, that outfit is happy. We're gonna, that person's gonna be the last person. Do you see them? All the way back. He's coming, he's coming. I know, I know, I know. Um, well, I wanted to say because I'm wearing kittens with Santa hats, but you said nothing for tonight. Right. It's got to be bigger. Bigger. I, I have two little girls, two and four, who I like to take out and go look for prairie dogs. We like, they love them. And it's the cutest thing in the world, so it makes me happy. You know what? 
That one's the sweetest one, and that outfit is of a happy person. So I think we should put that at number one. Uh, Legal Weed is gonna go to two. I'm sorry, but on jury, the make the weed legal is, is gonna go to four. So deal with it, fucking deal with it. And, and I think uh, biking and not driving is gonna be queer representation tied because I feel good about that. I feel very good about that. And I think losing a crazy roommate is a really nice thing, but you know, why does it feel so good to stop banging your head against the wall, you know? Doesn't make you happy. Feel good with these rankings? When we come back, it's time to ramp. And we're back. As we head into 2024, riding the polar coaster can be, you know, what riding a roller coaster is. That's why it's an analogy. Good news. You can join the Vote Save America community for all the tools you need to take action in this presidential election cycle, from volunteer opportunities to making sure you're registered to vote. At Vote Save America, being an engaged citizen doesn't start next year, it starts right now. Head to votesaveamerica.com to find out how you can get involved. And now it's time for rants. Let's get David back on out here to join me. Now, we used to wheel, we use a wheel, and now for the last couple of shows, we're saying, we're saying no wheel. I'm sorry, deal with it. We're doing something, so, no. And, oh yeah. We've asked uh, for some rants from, from people in the crowd, uh, and we're gonna just go through and pick which ones we wanna talk about. Oh, I'm gonna give this one to you, because I think you'll have something to say about it. Do you wanna kick us off by talking about the Denver airport? I mean, what's understood ain't gotta be explained, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm not super comfortable talking about this. Uh, in a public forum, there's some strange things going on with paintings. Yeah. There's also that horse that, that killed you that saw guy. that killed that guy. Big wiener on that thing. Yeah. Which I'm pro. We're pro. Way far out, the lines are too long. I, too long, even with clear, it's so long. Do you have any thoughts on Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith? <laughs> A lot better than Episode One? Yeah, I, and I, Episode Two. I'll, yeah, I, Three was cool. I think Three's good. That's right, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith is good. <laughs> Boom. And what an achievement of the modern era that in the end, the most recent trilogy made us reflect more fondly on the prequels. That, like, that, that final film is such an, a godforsaken monster, Frankenstein together, just a, just a collection of meaningless, cynical scenes stitched together that we're like, maybe we were wrong about the Phantom Menace. No, we were right. No, we weren't wrong. No. Two things can be bad. Yeah. I think two things can be bad. Do you have anything to say about standing up too early to exit a plane? Stand... <laughs> Don't do it, you asshole. That's what I... Stop it, stop it. We're all... Unless you gotta get a connection, stop it. We oh. are people, we live in a society, just let's take our fucking time. I, what I find, like, first of all, it really bothers me Let when the out. flight attendants say... 
hey, do us a favor. We arrived 20 minutes late. Couple people have some tight connections. Sit in your seats. And you know that there are so many people that just like, no one can tell, so I'm getting up. And, and you can see it in their fucking eyes. And it's for what? For what? So you can get to the Brookstone faster, you fucking weirdo? Like, what do you need to get off the, unless it's to poop, relax. The Chick-fil-A is gonna be there. Yeah, you gotta, I think that there used to be a, a society understanding that if someone's racing to get off a plane that has arrived at its appointed hour, it's because their body is filled with shit. Their body is filled with shit, or they just found out that their son was left home alone. Those are the only reasons. Yes, that's so important. Those are the only reasons. <laughs> Can I throw one like you? Yeah. I love it. Oh, that feels good. I, I, I want you to read this one and see if you even know what it means. I don't know what that means, but it's funny. To, can I read it yeah. out loud? It says, stop ignoring Gen X. <laughs> Sounds like a very Gen X thing to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we matter, Dad! Uh, yeah, just, the, just like, like, if you have to ask to stop being ignored. <laughs> but then the next sentence is really where it goes off. It says... Our Kissinger was your Rumsfeld pussies. <laughs> Which, it's crazy that the guy from Celestial Seasonings wrote. <laughs> That's a wild one. Maybe, did you have any thoughts about the cost of housing in Denver? Ah, uh, I've been, yeah, I've been looking to buy it. It's a bummer. I, I, this person says it's because everyone is moving here from California. Listen, they've been saying that since I was a kid here. It's always been, oh, these Californians are moving in. You know what? They brought great burritos. They seem to be nice enough people. I don't, I don't give a shit. The next one, I know who submitted it. Was it the bear? Nope. It is somebody... <laughs> I, it's, I'm just going to read it so you understand why I'm doing the silly ones. When people that are very old insist on having CPR attempted at the end of life, it usually doesn't work and it's gnarly. <laughs> yeah, man, what a bummer. It's Saturday night. <laughs> Where are you? Yeah, it's hard. You're an emergency physician? Wow, you guys do real hard stuff. Quite the opposite of our jobs. Yeah. Huh? Crazy that we're up here, they're down there. <laughs> what a society. If life was fair. Yeah, this is unbelievable. <laughs> Shut up, doctors. Funny people yeah. are talking. <laughs> I have to talk about the plagues. <laughs> <laughs> What is hot water for? We don't know. <laughs> this one's pretty interesting. This one's pretty interesting. Okay. Read this uh, one. Oh, no. <laughs> Why my husband can't recognize his male privilege and started watching Fox. Oh, go. Please help. Oh. I mean, I think that... I think that that's not fixable. It, or can worse, I, fix them. But 
Is he here? No. no. Oh. Did you think he was here? <laughs> he started watching Fox, but he was like, y'all come to this, though. Sometimes it happens. It could happen. That's fair. That's it fair. could happen. <laughs> Tell him it was a great time. Oh, I, here's a, I would say this. If you're writing on a piece of paper to a podcast idiot, what do I do about my failing marriage? I think you've answered your question. You know? Yeah, I think you're 100% right. And you know, download Hinge. I don't know what to say to this. <laughs> Could you have an emotional affair with someone at work? Have you considered that? People tend to do that when their marriages are falling apart, regardless of any political content. Or just get another TV, put it next to his Fox TV. Right? Beat him at his own game. <laughs> That's how my folks do it. Loud. No, of course no. not. <laughs> any other topics you want to rant about? Oh, no. I, this is very lovely, though. Thank you for having me. I've been having a great time. And that's Rance. Okay. Hey. Dave Borey, everybody. That was so fun. So fun. Shopping in stores. Tears of the Kingdom, not being game of the year. I haven't played it yet. I haven't played it yet. I know. Oh, when was I going to fucking play it? When was I going to play it? When I was in Portland? I don't like, I'm not going to, I don't want to experience it that way. Games are like books of the TV world. You need a whole period of time, you know? No, I'll play. I'm going to play so much over the Christmas break. Oh, my God. I'm going to sink my teeth into those fucking video games. That's what I'm going to do. Some people decide to have families. but And that's a way to go. <laughs> but not me. I'm a 41-year-old man playing video games on December 23rd. Time for your high notes. Brian's out in the crowd. Can we bring up the lights again? What's your name? What's your high note? Hi, I'm Jordan. Um, I just turned 29, and my 28th year was the best year of my life. I became a professional engineer on my 28th birthday. I <laughs> bought a house, got a dog, got engaged, and traveled Asia for eight weeks. I think I would have won that game, and I raised my hand so aggressively, and you didn't choose me, and I'm really sad. Because I definitely would have won, and I'm not humble at all about it. I, here's my, I would, uh, first of all, what kind of engineer? A uh, civil engineer. So like, so, like, dams and water projects and so forth? Yes, we decide where the water goes. Have you seen that huge amusement park in downtown Denver called Elitches? I haven't. They are... Uh, relocating it and we are building 26 high rises and I am designing it. I'm the head designer. Do you know where the, do you know where the lead pipes are? <laughs> no, I don't. And no one should say that they do because no, that's awful. All right. What's your name? What's your high note? Hey, my name is Miles. I am an elected Democrat in the reddest electoral vote in America. Right. Nebraska's third district. Uh, and I am just about to begin my 10th year of service on my local city council. You also have a great voice. You're too kind. No, listen to that voice. This is my voice. 
It's a great I, radio ra- voice. Radio was my college job. Was it really? It was, yeah. Can you do a little DJing for five seconds? Can you DJ something? Zero AM 610 KCSR. We are at 50 past the hour. Coming up next, we have Skywatch weather. It is 44 degrees in downtown Boulder. Fuck yeah. Come on. That was great. Nice. Come on. What's your name? What's your high note? Hi, I'm Lori. And uh, my high note is I got to do an event with the vice president um, of the United States in August because we brought broadband products to the U.S. to manufacture for the first time for the BEAD program, which was part of the infrastructure bill. That's cool. What's your name? What's your high note? Uh, I'm Travis. And uh, after, I guess, Right when the pandemic started, I had a moment like my congresswoman where I was in a field where I saw a bunch of problems that I couldn't fix. Uh, So I quit my job. I went back to school. And then after two more long years of not having a job, I finally got to realize my dream um, or the start of it. Uh, Killing prairie dogs. (laughs) No. Uh, With a job in public service that I started this week, I'm working with the Behavioral Health Administration for the state of Colorado. That's great. This guy's so excited. Hi, what's your name? What's your high note? Hi, my name is Ben Sweet, and my high note is that um, I started a klezmer festival, which is the first overnight klezmer festival in Colorado, focusing on the queer history of klezmer music. And getting to listen to your podcast while I plan all our artists is like the highlight of my year. So oh, that's very, very sweet. Thank you. Gay klezmer? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Hi, what's your name and what is your high note? My name's Lillian, um, and my high note is that my husband and I had our daughter two years ago, and last night she slept through the night for the first time. That's cool. That's a big deal. Hi. Um, So I gave up my New York City apartment like 10 months ago, um, and I've been traveling around the country, and nothing has gone wrong. That's pretty good. That's... That's sort of a not a low note. Yeah, yeah. And your schedule finally lined up with mine. Okay, my name is Scott, and my high note is that uh, my beautiful wife and I were able to move out of Denver to a more affordable small town and buy our dream home and raise our daughter in a beautiful small town and a community that we are going to turn blue very soon. Nice. What's your name? What's your high note? Hey, John, my name is Hugh. Um, through the sheer power and will of determination, I recently lost a lot of weight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, so I wanna give you a shout out. You are the sole reason that I am confident enough to be honest about it with the people I care about and not have to bullshit uh, and lie. So thank you, John. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, so my name's Ben, and on Wednesday I'm leaving for Dubai to present on a project at COP28, and then when I get back, I'm gonna graduate from grad school. That's awesome. Let's do one more. 
Hi, my name is Tiffany. My high notes from the November election when our small suburban school district was targeted by the conservative school board strategy. Though it's supposed to be nonpartisan, we definitely felt the impact of having a candidate backed by Republican PAC dollars, which we know is going into school district competitions all over the country. But fortunately, even though their candidate had double the amount of money that all the other candidates had combined, we were able to defeat him and beat back the conservative strategy that's trying to invade our local schools. Well, that's a great place. That's a great place to leave it. Thank you to everybody who shared a high note tonight. If you want to leave us a message with your high note, call us at 323-538-2377. Boulder, that is our show. Thank you so much to David Boy and Congresswoman Caraveo. Thank you so much to the Boulder Theater and everybody here. Thank you all for coming out. There are 336 days until the 2024 elections. Have a great night. And have a great weekend. And thank you for coming to our last show of the Aries Tour. What? This team, come on out. Brian, Zuri, Duffy, Milo back there, Kendra and Howie and Sarah and Malcolm and Steven, all the writers who work on this show. A lot of people work on this show. Love It or Leave It is a Crooked Media production. It is written and produced by me, John Lovett, and Lee Eisenberg. Kendra James is our executive producer. Brian Semmel is our producer. And Malcolm Whitfield is our associate producer. Hallie Kiefer is our head writer. Sarah Lazarus, Jocelyn Kaufman, Peter Miller, and Alan Pierre, Will Miles, and Mohanad El Shaky are our writers. Evan Sutton is our editor. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis provide audio support. On the road, Vendelin von Schroeder is our tour manager and Anastasia Anderson is our tour coordinator. Stephen Cologne is our audio engineer and Milo Kim is our videographer. Our theme song is written and performed by Sure Sure. Thanks to our designers, Jesse McLean and Bernardo Serna for creating and running all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And to our digital producers, Zuri Irvin, David Tolls, Mia Kelman, and Matt DeGroote for filming and editing video each week so you can. You can find those glorious videos at youtube.com slash at loveitorleaveitpodcast. Subscribe to love it or leave it on youtube or access to video versions of your favorite segments and other exclusive content don't forget to follow us at crooked media on ig and twitter and if you're as opinionated as we are consider dropping us a review As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter. Every day feels like Saturday, and French fries are a food group. Where flip-flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling, and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide, and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com.